Hello, welcome to Spotlight, the Manx equivalent of the Pixar desk lamp that has an aggressive vendetta against the letter I. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Under the spotlight today, Paradox Theatre Company gives us a sneaky insight into the plot of its Easter one-act play. Kensington Arts Centre is promoting Neurodiversity Celebration Week with some exciting new events. And champion of the Quids in Original Songwriter Competition, Wes Clark tells Shania Fletcher about his win. Good evening, my friend. Welcome to the show, and as always, thank you very much for being here with me. Grab yourself a brew and a comfy seat. First up, as you have probably noticed, Easter eggs are out and about. I have already consumed four. So that means there's not too much longer to wait for this year's Easter Festival of Plays. Now, the festival takes place at the Gaiety Theatre and runs from the 30th of March to the 5th of April. The second of the two plays taking centre stage on the opening night of the festival is Harold Pinter's Victoria Station, which is being put on by Paradox Theatre Company. I got the pleasure of finding out more from director Tony Eccles, producer Charlie Williams and actor Lorcan O'Mahony earlier today. It's written by Harold Pinter, um, a one-act format, and it's essentially about a taxi rank controller, so the person who organises, takes the calls and then gives certain jobs to the different taxi drivers. And so it's all the conversation just between the taxi rank controller and a taxi driver who is number 274 and that's all that's literally it i mean it's it can be done and has been done as a radio play because it's mm. just across the airwaves if you are of the, the the radios but um we're doing it as a bit of a more of a talking heads kind of thing so you see even though we only hear the dialogue between the two we still see how each person reacts and very cool it sounds uh pretty simple not in terms of the dialogue but in the in the format so i would imagine there's a lot of pressure to perform well yes yes and no um i mean with it pinter tends to have a lot of these quite simple settings if you will two taxi drivers two bouncers to like you know um they he tends to keep things quite basic in that regard but then the craziness ensues slowly it sort of starts off as a quite banal conversation relatively mundane and then things just start to twist and go off a little bit but i won't uh, spoil anything yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah. And uh, how have rehearsals been going? They're been good. Um, they've mostly been in uh, in my garage, um, <laughs> <laughs> which has been uh, quite useful for me. Putting it, putting a fourteen month old baby to bed, and then going out to the garage to uh, to rehearse, uh, and then dealing with two dogs yapping around oh, yes, our, yeah. our ankles. Um, but no, good. It's uh, it's uh, uh, as you kind of as you mentioned, it's it's very much in the acting and in the lines and their delivery that is how this this is put across um so i've uh we've been doing quite a lot of of um homework and going through lines and picking them apart and finding new meaning and kind of we'll just message each other now and then and be going and, and just go i've just realized this is a really creepy line <laughs> and and then i was like yeah that's really weird actually and then it'll kind of change the whole way we look at 
um, at the whole thing. It's uh, what it achieves in 10, 15, 20 minutes is quite remarkable in terms of storytelling mm. and the journey it takes you on. I've never, I've never done or read Pinter before, so uh, it's it's uh, quite intriguing to see the way the levels unfurl if you actually do more than just read a script and and present it. This is being put on by Paradox, and I remember Charlie actually speaking to you years ago when you were just setting up the company, and it seems like you're just absolutely flying and you've achieved so much. So. Um, I know it's kind of not on the topic of this show, but in terms of Paradox and how far it's come since last we spoke um, a few years ago, I would imagine you must be very proud. Yeah, no, we are um, fabulously proud of myself and uh, Alex Armstrong, who, who's co-director of the company with me. When we first came, probably we were talking about Much Ado About Nothing, our first performance, which uh, had these two excellent gentlemen beside me in it. And I think partly down to their wonderful acting and, and everything else, we, we've kind of grown from there. Uh, we did Merchant of Venice last year, and that exceeded all of our expectations in terms of sales and 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 the audience uh, reception of the show. And also, you know, has allowed us to really see that there is a market for this theatre in the Isle of Man, that there is an appetite for the type of theatre that we're putting on, and Max audiences are really receptive to that. So yeah, we're we're we are really really proud, and um, it's allowed us to do to kind of look at something like this because we wanted to do the Easter Festival of Plays, which is uh, what the performance will be put in as part of, is a really important and really good local uh, organised event uh, by MADFA for allowing different groups and different uh, types of theatre to, to be put on for the Manx audiences in a competition format, but also it just gives a variety uh, over that period of time. Uh, and we entered in 2023 with Monkey's Paw as a, a company ourselves. So that was... I uh, loved Monkey's Paw. Perfect. Me and, my, <laughs> me and my friend went that night and I, I loved it. Excellent. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I was in that and um, also directed it. But this time round, we want to have a continued presence in the Easter Festival, but to take a slightly different approach than companies normally do in that we would like to allow others to use Paradox as a vehicle to do things themselves. So one of the things we found and... and we discussed this, this idea kind of came to me when I was actually having this conversation with Tony last year, was there are a number of very talented individuals on the Isle of Man from the theatre world and otherwise who want to do things like this, but, you know, don't have, you know, I don't have the company already set up, ready to go, or don't have, you know, they're not part of an organisation or society that's kind of doing their own things. And, and Alex and I had a conversation and we said, well, rather than, kind of have a plethora of companies being set up and then turn, torn down or, or done to the, you know, just, just for that event, why don't we kind of allow Paradox to also act as a vehicle for those people to put on creative performances and, and really, really good performances and people we know who are really good um, and we assist them to do that in terms of producing it and providing, you know, the background and the insurance and everything else that comes with, with performances. So um that you know with with tony I've, we we know tony from from obviously from the show and through everything else so it was no brainer and Lorcan and jeff who were in the show um we've worked with before and, and i've performed with and and know that they're excellent so it was kind of a we've been very hands-off with the whole thing so far it's been, it's been quite good um but we're able to then assist and kind of you know be there for for whatever the the creative team needs that's brilliant clever like really <laughs> clever because i wasn't aware that that was you know, a process that you were going mm. through, but I think that's fantastic. With something like the Easter Festival, mm-hmm. 
do you focus much on going out for the win or do you just focus on yourselves and putting out the best well I would imagine you're focusing on putting out the best performance you ha- you can do but is wanting to win something that is important to you 100 percent no, 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 it's not. <laughs> no. We've told them we'll never work with them yeah. again and, and unless they come home with a win. If I don't <laughs> win, I'm never working nominations. again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going for best actor, best actress, best supporting actor. Um, best staging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we I need to make to a program. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fr- from, 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 from Paradox's perspective, no. Um, and we, we said this to Tony, we want, we want, you know, obviously it's the company reputation it's it's we're putting on something we want to see something that's on there that's really good we've done really good stuff so far so we want to see that continue and we know we'll get really good stuff from these guys but there are so many factors that come into something like a competition scenario and um we are primarily there to support the festival as a local company um that does that type of theater it's kind of a, it's it's a bit of a kind of give and take it's a give back but it's also an opportunity for us to kind of stretch our creative legs um but uh you know if if they win great and i think you know i'm i'm rooting rooting for something like that but but generally speaking um no we 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 just want them to to put on the best piece of theater they can yeah i mean we had this conversation very early on and said you know what what are our our goals for this and with the the format that the east festival gives you it gives you the opportunity to put on different pieces of theater that wouldn't necessarily mm. you monetarily be able to put on yeah. at places like the Gaiety and, and other theatres across the island. So it was more about doing something different, doing something that we can challenge ourselves with and have fun with going into a different genre or a different kind of style, if you will. Mm-hmm. So rather than going through all the awards and going, right, costume, right, we need to make it a period piece and or yeah. set, yeah. we need to do something crazy. We tend to be quite minimalist in those sort of areas because we want to tell a different story in a style that Manx audiences aren't used to and yeah. the, the Easter Festival gives you that option. I think the, the Easter I think the, the prizes didn't even come into it. It, it, it is just it happens to be a vehicle for through which we get to do stuff. Yes. If there was just a, a something on where you could put in a one act play and there was no competition involved, sure we would have done it anyway. Um, you know I'm, I'm more used to and all three of us here are more used to doing big productions which take six months of um of rehearsal you're over two weeks you're you're constantly in the theater you never see your family um so i think where certainly where i am and i'm kind of pulling back from all that now with a with a very young family um it's it's great to be able to just have this vehicle to be able to do a 15 minute play where we rehearse over a period of month or two but like an hour a week and an hour or two a week. flexible yeah um yeah i mean competition is the last thing that we're we're interested in so it's a it's a two-person play yes we've obviously got one of said people here who is the other character played the mysterious by? other character mm-hmm. is um jeff pew um i was lucky enough to work with jeff on young frankenstein where he played the the monster and ah. it, we we struck up a, a very very close friendship he's a wonderful man and a really really good actor um you've never said I, any of this about me no look we just <laughs> Lorcan's also here um, <laughs> um but um no jeff jeff couldn't be here today but um is you you've both 
Did you know each other before you worked? No, no, we never, never have. I've worked backstage when Jeff's been on stage, um, but no, we never. Because yeah, he, he was in Annie, you were yep. when he was just backstage, yep. and um, he also did an excellent job in Merchant of Venice for for us. So he has a relationship. So everybody yeah. has a relationship with Paradox. It's a, it's Alan Theater, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but um, the the rehearsal room has been really, really great. I mean, I like to be as collaborative as, as possible with the actors because I think they will go take away notes and read stuff and then they'd come back with their with their own ideas and so long like we have this weird relationship where someone will be like oh i thought oh yeah, yeah. oh i saw this and it's kind of like a melting pot of the of the story of where we want it to go and lots of different shades that could be added and you guys have been working tremendously well together yeah it's from, good from i really i really enjoy that that collaborative part of it it's it's weird you know, you as a director will come up with a with a thought, and then we'll be like, "No, I don't see it like that." And you're like, "Yeah, okay, fair enough." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it, not that we're completely over, overruling you. It's just that you are willing to to listen, and it shapes shapes. Well, the, the words are so so much of a blank canvas. I mean, you can look at it, you can read it straight up, um, and it can be one thing. And I know there are productions that have that have painted it that way, but what we've done and uh, Jeff, Tony, and I, when we kind of strip it all back, it 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 could be fifteen different plays with just the words that are written down. I mean, it's it's originally written as a comedy, <laughs> right? Okay. Which um, yeah, and I I've... and are you not leaning more to you're not leaning towards that genre? No, we've it starts quite lighthearted, and yeah. it there there is a lot of comedic aspects in there, but the way that the story moves and how the language moves and this there's a lot of kind of differences in the way that these characters interact like through con kind of contextual means mm -hmm. later on that there needed from my point of view there needs to be a shift because of just how things change and the through the course of the evening you, it ends up being a very very different experience to how it starts one thing i would say obviously with with easter festival is as i've said paradox is is really keen to support local theater and really keen to support madfoot in what they're trying to do um, and i think it's incumbent on me to ask that as many people come and, and support the easter festival as possible it's a great uh, couple of weeks of theater you're seeing companies from both on island and across come over and do some of their best work so I would really encourage everyone to come and see um, the as many shows as you can, but particularly, obviously, ours. Tony, Charlie and Lorcan there. And you can find out more about tickets and the scheduled run of the Easter Festival plays online on the Villa Gaiety website. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, Kensington Arts Centre has loads of juicy events coming up for you to sink your creative dentures into. One completely new one is being put on, especially for Global Neurodiversity Celebration Week. Kensington Arts Creative Coordinator Emma Goodwin and arts graduate intern Callum Rowe told me more. We have a live panel discussion happening on Saturday the 16th of March, starting at half six. And we have Callum as the sort of host and chair of that. And we also have three guests, two of which work at Kensington Arts, amongst other things that they do. And one sort of special guest that's coming over from the UK, their name's Caroline Cook, and they are a professional DJ. Also, they're a music teacher. And yeah, they're kind of neurodivergence varying in their own rights. 
Um, so yeah, it should be a really interesting discussion. So you're hosting this panel. Could you tell me a little bit about the people who are going to be sitting on it? So we have three panellists. Uh, we have Anna Klukas. Anna is an artist and um, runs Art Tank at Kensington Arts. Um, she has a lot of experience working with children and I hope she can bring this into the discussion as well. Uh, then we've got Caroline Cook, who Emma mentioned before. They are a DJ from across. Um, loads of work and research gone into neurodiversity and also equality in disability in the music industry, which would be really interesting to chat about. Yeah, so we've got Kai Varetto and uh, they work closely with me at Kensington Arts. So they are a creative themselves. Uh, they also diagnosed ADHD. And, um, but outside of Kensington, they are a youth worker, particularly in the LGBTQ plus space. So I'm really excited to hear what Kai has to say in, in the conversation as well. That's brilliant. And for people who aren't aware of the term um, like neurodivergence, neurodiversity, would you be able to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, sure. So neurodiversity refers to variations in cognitive functioning. So basically how our brains work and there is um, a, diver a diverse range of how we think and learn. Um, so human beings just that's another way that we're different from each other you know everyone's unique so that's kind of what that term means it covers sort of everything and anything and then neurodivergence is when you think in a way your brain operates in a way that isn't classed as the stereotypical norm and so then neurotypical is the typical way of the brain working do you think that there's currently a kind of lack of representation of neurodiversity within the creative space on the Isle of Man? I think if you're in the space, you kind of know that there's lots of creativity is kind of lends itself to different ways of thinking. So if you're in the space, you probably realise that everyone's kind of has their unique ways of thinking and working. And there's definitely sort of lots of people with ADHD, dyslexia, um, autism that are creatives as well they just find themselves working in in that in those spaces um so it's kind of yeah getting the word out there that um everyone can kind of think differently and you know it doesn't mean that that's a bad thing and you know if you kind of understand your brain a bit better then you actually might be able to take use that to your advantage and kind of be creative as well so lots of people probably don't realize that they're creative and they actually are lovely cal are you looking forward to hosting yeah i am i mean this is a first for me with it being a panel discussion i've uh, recently taken over running the Ireland arts council's podcast Ireland Artcast. so i'm really excited to do the live panel discussion because it won't be a case of me going home and editing out all the mm and uh <laughs> um and i'm really looking forward to just seeing what comes up in the conversation too um, I'm hoping to learn myself about ways that I may benefit from differing my creative process. So you've got the first part of the evening is the live panel, but then it says you've got a DJ for the second part of the evening. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So Caroline Cook is also professionally known as Caroline the DJ, and they will be performing uh, their DJ set 
as well afterwards. So that will start at approximately half seven, and that's going to be uh, in the basement of Kensington Arts, sort of where Soundcheck is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can come to either part of, of those events. You've also got this year's Connection show. Yeah, so there's a chance that we'll go over to the National Theatre, but that is that comes later, that's announced later. So, but we are definitely going to York and the cast are performing at the York Royal Theatre. So that's really exciting. That is exciting. And what's the the show about? Yeah. Uh, so this year, the play is called Kiss, Marry, Push Off Cliff. And it's about a group of young people that are kind of finishing, well, they finished um, their A-levels in college. And so they're on that kind of next step in their life and so it's kind of about the challenges of sort of friendship groups and yeah it's based on a campsite next to a cliff edge so we better yeah watch out for what happens at the end of that yeah that sounds really cool and how have the rehearsals for that been going are you both um involved in terms of directing or how are you both involved in that so i am kind of caught the coordinator essentially but i do get to Uh, step in and watch some of the rehearsals Uh, they've been doing really well we've also recently had a puppet making workshop because the the cast also get involved in kind of creating the scene as well Mm -hmm. Uh, and we've got tech crew as so that's young people it's kind of a club for young people at kensington and they get involved in behind the scenes of that so the lighting and stage man stage management and everything so yeah and i joined the workshop and we created, well, we started to create this giant moth, which is really exciting and I think it's going to look amazing. And I'm just involved in the neurodiversity panel for now, but um, I think I'm going to start stepping up a bit as an additional guitar tutor for Soundcheck. Excellent. Which should be really exciting. Very cool. And uh, you've also got an open mic night coming up as well. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, so as part of Neurodiversity Celebration Week, we're going to put on an open mic night at uh, in the basement at Soundcheck. So that's kind of uh, me collaborating with Jenny Smith, who's the head of Soundcheck at Kensington. And it's going to be quite a chilled event. Um, But the open mic is kind of, it's a free event and you're welcome to come and see the acts, but also please do put your name down if you want to perform at that. And if people are listening to this and they want to come along to one of these events or if they just like the sound of Kensington Arts Centre and just want to be a part of something but don't really know how to get in touch, what's the best way for them to find out more information? So on our website, which is kensingtonarts.im, we have the tickets for sale for the neurodiversity panel and DJ set. And then also on there, we've got uh, lots of information about the different projects and sessions that we run. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. And finally, Siobhan Fletcher of Manx Radio Newsroom fame has been rubbing shoulders with the winner of the original songwriter competition at Quid's Inn, Wes Clark. Now, Clark's song, Angel on My Shoulder, is inspired by his nan, who sadly passed away in between the heats and the final of the competition. He told Siobhan more. I decided to enter it. I actually wasn't going to, but I was approaching 40 and that that attitude of just give it a go. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be scared of things. You've got to give something a, a go. And if it, if it scares you, it's a good thing, which it did. It gives me the fear getting up with just an acoustic guitar. So, yeah, uh, the heat, the first heat, I was happy just to sort of be part of it. Mm-hmm. 
So the heat, I thought, if I can get to the final, that'll be me. I'll be, I'll be made up with that. So I wasn't expecting to, to even get to the final. Like I say, the, the level that within the competition as a whole, very experienced, very talented musicians. So just to be part of it, I was, I was pleased with that. And it's, it was just a learning curve, getting back out there. So yeah, and then to win it, yeah. Yeah, you must have been buzzing. Was I was absolutely yeah. <laughs> I bet you were. So I mean, obviously it's an original songwriter competition, which I think you know. I think nowadays there is kind of a bit more of a drive. I think people want to hear original songwriting when they're out and about. You know, in the pubs and stuff. You don't always want to hear just covers all the time. Would you kind of agree with that, or do you think that it's still a, a sort of little-known art form that's still building? Um, I think there's a balance. It's like anything. Um, there's people that that really support, they really champion original music, local musicians, young musicians, you know, so there's definitely a space there for it, but I think it, it really depends on the venue, you know, and the, the type of crowd that you get. I mean, Quids, for example, they're a massive supporter of the local music scene. Mm -hmm. um, young musicians, they have a, a sound check night, so you've got, you know, you've got young musicians sort of learning their craft and always a, a supportive and really enthusiastic crowd which is you know it's it's building confidence so you do need that there's nothing more disheartening than than playing to an empty venue yeah and there's just one single clap <laughs> and you look up and it's your mum yeah it's uh <laughs> but it's all part of the learning process you know we we all have uh we've all been there but yeah i mean it's not like it used to be years ago like where we are now the trough down the road mm -hmm. the corner house that mm -hmm. was where i played my first gig with my my first band, The Behaviours. So a lot of these venues aren't there anymore. Mm. So it is really important that people get out and support local musicians and especially original songwriters because every song that they listen to, all their favourite songs, they were in an original at some point. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, get out there, support. Yeah, because there's like, like you say, there's a lot of um, really cool venues kind of across the whole Isle of Man that do support little, like, you know, um, people up and coming and people who just want to get, like, find the, the sea legs almost. So I like that you were speaking from experience there of being looking out and being like, oh, thanks, mum. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Appreciate it. If your mum doesn't support you, then you're, yeah. You're <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, well, so one thing I sort of, I'm going to ask um, guests as they come in when I'm sort of covering this show once a month for, for Christy is, it's these sort of ideas of these firsts so things like first album first gig first live event you went to so i'm gonna throw some questions at you and um and test see, my memory and test your memory and see, see let's let's see about uh yeah just level levels of coolness i think when i um spoke to Ooh, aj you set me up, I set you up look <laughs> when i had uh, aj maxwell in a couple a few months ago now he was telling me about his first uh, gig being I think he said McFly or something so he had a laugh about that so don't worry we've got a range of artists that people I'm a bit mentioned. older than that so so let's go so tell you what first up then what was the first album you bought and what format was it on so the first album I'm generally struggling to think what the first album but I remember the first sort of LP mm -hmm. so we're going back a bit there it was uh, yeah the vinyl it was actually Brian Adams, Everything I Do, I Do It For You. That's a tune, though. It is. It was. <laughs> it's painful. Um, There's a painful look on his face. He's feeling <laughs> like his street credit is crumbling. Oh, but... There's nothing wrong with Brian Adams. He's a lad, isn't he? But um, <laughs> I, I was just 
obsessed with that. Yeah, like I say, I'd been to Centre Parks that summer, 91. Uh, it wasn't the summer of 69, but it was, yeah. So the summer of 1991 and Prince of Thieves come out the Robin Hood song. Mm. And I was just, yeah, obsessed. I was obsessed with it. Well, see, talking about kind of original songwriters, he's very much man with a guitar um, made good, really. So, you yeah. know, there's some coolness to Brian Adams. It's all good. It I works. Think it's uh, like a guilty pleasure, I suppose, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> um, all right. Well, what about your first memory of live music then? So, like, first kind of gig you attended or any sort of live event? See, I was more into my football, mm-hmm. I think, when I was younger. So I did love my music, but I suppose as a, as a live gig, I didn't really sort of... yeah go to any should i throw a la- first football match at you then or do you remember that more easily I do, yeah. <laughs> go on <laughs> so that was liverpool chelsea in 1996 there we go yeah and who were we supporting i'm a liverpool fan there you go see yeah. i'm from down the road from liverpool so i'll i'll, I'll agree with you on that one that'll work um so then um what about your first time performing then so your first gig you mentioned it just before i think with your with your first band yeah so that was the behaviors so that would have been March 2007, and that was in the corner house. We were supporting Barry Nelson and Jacaris, so that was that was a brilliant, brilliant night. What do you kind of remember from it? Was that one of these dreaded ones with your mum just in the audience, or was it like a there. good vibe? Ev- and everyone was there. Yeah, it was like the whole of South, all out to see you yeah, all. Stormed the capital. <laughs> <laughs> they all invaded from the south, did they? But we were lucky in the fact, like we had a big sort of social group, so I think everyone. Everyone was really enthusiastic. It was no one, none of our mates were kind of in bands and things like that. So, yeah, we were we were very lucky in the fact that we had great support. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it was a it was a memorable night. Yeah, you guys are kind of the cool ones, and the everyone's like, oh, they're in a plane in a band, gonna go and watch. I wasn't them. that cool. I I think <laughs> I'd literally had my back to them for oh, no. a lot of it. Well, you, probably the nerves, I guess, would kick in. It it does, and it doesn't matter how confident you are. I mean, I wouldn't, especially when you're younger. You know, I'm not 25 anymore, so the time tends to clip you, your wings slightly, mm. humbles you. Mm. Um, but even at like 25, I'm being quite cocky and sure of myself. The nerves, of course, of course they do. Yeah. But th- it shows that it matters. I think if you don't get nervous, if you're not doing something that does scare you, then you're not doing the right thing. Yeah. So nerves and being scared, it's always a it's a good thing. I think that's good advice, definitely. Um, all right, what about if you could only preserve kind of one moment in music for you, what would it be? So I remember when I spoke to AJ, it was kind of like just even listening to his mum singing music when she was doing the ironing or something. You know, it could be anything. It could be a gig you've been to in the last two years. It could be anything. Yeah. Um, I won't follow AJ's thing of <laughs> of that, although my nan was a brilliant singer. Um, so that would that would be up there. But I think the Verve, seeing the Verve at Glastonbury oh, in nice. 2008, so that was that was a moment. Definitely. Just being at Glastonbury Pyramid Stage, near the front, and I, I never thought I'd see the Verve live because they split up when I was kind of at school. Um, so yeah. If you could recommend one artist, old or new, to our listeners, who would it be? Oh, that's a question. That there you go. Have we got a big answer? <laughs> now for me, it's two. Mm, go on then. I'll I'll let you cheat. You can have two. I was just going to do two anyway. So I'm going to go with Bob Dylan. Okay. I think any Budden songwriter out there, Bob Dylan has to be someone that you you listen to. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just a genius. And see, for me, 
he's one influence, but lyrically as well, another influence on, on my, certainly my earliest songwriting was Jim Morrison. So I would say The Doors. We had a bit more of a chat, which will come up in just a minute. But before that, I asked him to play one of the songs that basically won him the title. Um, he told me a little bit about the inspiration behind this, basically between the heats and the final, um, it, he, they lost his nan. And so it's very raw kind of emotion that you'll hear in this next song. And uh, I'm just going to let Wes take it away. The name of the song is Angel on My Shoulder. Shoulder, when we watched you fly away, cause 
Westcock there speaking to Sean Fletcher. And that's your fill of fabulous creatives for tonight. Uh, There are extended versions of each interview in the Spotlight podcast, which you'll be able to find under the podcast tab at mikesradio.com. Howard will be back with you next week, so long as he hasn't been eaten by something in Australia. Um, So thank you very much for keeping me company in his absence. It's been a real pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day, and until next time, whatever you're doing, just be creative about it. Like an angel on my shoulder But we had to let you go For a higher voice was calling There to take you home And I know our tears are falling So hear me when I say Your story is not over Cause I feel you on the wind Like an angel on my shoulder Oh, you watched you fly away Cause heaven's gates were open And I promise you today Your name will still be spoken Still be spoken